This is a Gaming Society football show, week nine. Nine? Nine. We're past the halfway point. That's Mike Vick. I'm Dave Anderson. We got a big show. We got guests. We got a better produced show. We're stepping our game up. Are you stepping your game up? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, But I I tell you, I am stepping my game up. Mike, you commented about... uh, Yeah, what's up with that brown cleat? It's not a brown cleat, Mike. I'm glad you mentioned this. Like you got that from an auction or something, man. Whose cleat is that? I want you to know I'm a trendsetter. I the lost my mic here, Brown. but it's coming back. This was a bronze cleat. My buddy had my last. My you buddy, my buddy had my last cleat that I played in bronze. And I don't know if you see this, but on Monday Night right. Football, back he used to do IDs. I put my phone number on the back of the cleat. You know when guys do special things. Yeah, well, how come? I mean, you for what? What do you what think for what, you? Mike? What do you think for what? Phone, you put I your put phone my number phone on the number back on the back of my cleats to try to get some. I'm trying to spread the digits, try to spread the love, Mike. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. What, hey, however you see fit, man. You know, it's your world. You got to live uh, in it. <laughs> I was all in. Put it that way, Mike. I was all in, which is uh, that's what's yeah, up. That, that was the key. The uh, hey, which is a nice segue to our yeah, first our first part, which was you always start with the all in bet. Um, I was yeah. shitty. Uh, I'm one and two now. I'm not doing very well in our all-in bets. You you won again. Uh, you had Dallas yeah. minus two and a half and got the victory. Not sure what you saw in that game because we didn't know. I don't know if you knew Dak wasn't going to play, but they still going to win. But I didn't know neither. I'm not even going front. I'm not even going to lie. I did not know Dak wasn't playing. And I thought about Drew right before the game. Like as soon as the decision was made, like man. I might have screwed this one up. But I believe in Cooper Rush. I believe in that system they're running over there. I believe in Zeke. Believe in. You didn't know who Cooper Rush was before the game started. Get out of here. Trayvon You you thought it was Amari Cooper. Oh, man, Michael Parsons. (laughs) uh, Shout out to Amari Cooper. He did his thing. And then, but Michael Parsons, give me a second. That dude, he looked like, he looked like Bobby Wagner. In that defense, Ooh, don't he? he? does. It's fun yeah, to watch that defense run around. Like, you know, we're going to spend more time yeah. on our all-in bets because I think it allows us to really break them down. I'm glad you're, you're kind of breaking down the Cowboys a little bit because they finally yeah. look like the team that they're supposed to be. Like, And this goes back like 10 yeah. years ago. They've been having dogs, right? And they just haven't been able exactly. to put together. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, what you, I was thinking as I watched the game, and I'm watching both sides of the ball, and – especially the defense guys making plays and you know I'm I'm just like recollecting about this team and I never liked playing against the Cowboys when I was with the Eagles like I despised the Cowboys divisional rival and etc but I'm like every year they get good players whether up front Jerry Jones knows how to build an O-line defense always got good players so i mean they they play good complimentary football and i think it starts up front i think they they draft reasonably well and they always get a good guy or two on free agency and they're yes amazing and they're a team that's willing to take another a second chance on a guy and they and they get a couple wins yes they they lose out on a couple here and there but that's something to say about that organization that they're willing to do that so yeah i mean they've put it together now it seems that they can put together for the rest of the year I like the move that they did. You know, I think uh, good friend Dan Orlovsky really broke down Dak's issue. It's like, do you play him here 
and and potentially win, or do you rest them and have Dak ready for the rest of the season? It's a no brainer when you look at it yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a no brainer. So yeah, I uh, I applaud that. Uh, my all in on the other hand, I had the Bengals versus the Jets. Bengals were minus ten, heavy favorites. Um, yeah, they lost. They didn't just that lose was disappointed. The they lost to the Jets. That was disappointing. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing because. How cliche is it when you say that they play down to their opponent, right? And like for a long time as a player, I didn't know what the hell that meant. Like, what do you mean playing down? I feel like we're always playing hard, blah, blah, blah. But it's like you play sloppy ball when you see sloppy ball. And then and then one of your best right. players makes a sloppy play and then you kind of follow in. It's just yeah. kind of, it's like a virus. Sloppy play yeah. that spreads out your team. I feel like that's what happened to the Bengals. I don't know. Did you see, did you catch any of that yeah. game? Mentally, they had already won yeah. their game. After they beat Baltimore, they looked at the schedule and they was like, "We got the Jets. We are." They already counted that win in the win column. I can guarantee you that because I've been there before. And like you say, sloppy play. You see it. You know it. It promotes sloppy play on your side. And you know those are the type of games where you got to be super focused and locked yeah. in because in the NFL. You know, it's privy. It just goes to show that you can lose to anybody on any given Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, man. It's just too evident every week. And you got to lock in all week. I don't think that's what people understand is like that game was probably lost on Wednesday and Thursday. Like, yeah, they lost it on Sunday, but that game was probably a, a no crappy doubt. week of, of, of uh, preparation. Maybe a sloppy a guy showed up late <laughs> for a meeting or like, you know, this yeah. someone was a see fight all the in practice or some bull crap that happened, yeah. right? Like I feel like you see all the signs. Yeah, it's uh well I, I lost my all in bet. I'm not someone you should follow right now. Mike Vick's all, all in. I, I don't know what's happening here, but we're got we gotta get back on the winning column. I I, I gotta correct myself. I was two and two. Mike Vick is three and one. Um so we're we're going um we're going in here a little bit. We're gonna definitely gonna spend more time on the all in bets this uh, this week. But curious, besides our all in teams, who impressed you week eight? You know, we had some we had some uh, some upsets all over the place. You had uh, you know Green Bay still performing well. You um, the Giants come out of nowhere for uh, and almost surprised someone, uh, almost surprised the Chiefs. What would you yeah. like for week eight? I mean, we just talked about them, the Jets. They surprised me because, you know, with Robert Sala and the staff he's built, you questioned whether they were doing it right. Yeah. And they got their quarterback, and he just hasn't looked good up to this point. So I was questioning scheme, not really on the defense, but sort of questioning who was calling the plays and it was if it was really, you know, a situation where it was on the quarterback, the onus was on him. And Mike White stepped in, and he really showed that they do have something in New York if they can put it together. And I don't care if the Bengals got caught slipping. They lost that game. And that, that means the Jets did everything right for whatever reasons. Mike White ball, and they do have some type of structure over there. What do you think of the Patriots rallying and beating the Chargers? It don't surprise me. It really don't, Dave, because New England won. The defense is crazy. And... You know, that's my fantasy D. I picked that fantasy D. I picked them early, too. Like, Not as early as Ray Lewis picked Everybody the Ravens. Ray Lewis picked the yeah, Ravens in the third the, round. Unheard of. You know, yeah, but it, but it came back to hunt. But back to your point is, 
you know, the scheme is Belichick knowing how to play guys and take away what you really do well. And people underestimate New England, but that that win didn't shock me at all. I knew they had the potential to do it, and I liked the way Mac Jones played. I'll tell you one thing that kind of stood out to me is there were two teams that this this the Jaguars Seahawks game did not get a lot of press for some obvious reasons. Yeah, but th- those yeah. are two teams that are fighting kind of this. At least from the outside, it feels like a locker room issue or or just like management issue something. something. And the Seahawks put a beating on them, thirty-one to seven. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville. I don't know if you can if you can pull what Cleveland did years ago with Chud and fire a coach after one year. I don't know if you can just give a guy one year like Urban Meyer. He sure hasn't made himself look good this year, but like. These guys aren't playing. They don't yeah. even look like they're playing hard. They're undisciplined. They're not. Yeah. They're not playing well. They're not playing hard. That that game kind of scared me. Um, but also, I tell you, the, one of the more exciting games was that that um, that Packers Cardinals game. It's it's uh, this NFC. Yeah. Is, it's it's wild. It's stacked. It's stacked. I mean, you look at the Cardinals. You look at the Cowboys. The Packers. The Rams. Every team looks to be getting better each and every week. And you know, I look at it as five teams, you know, all sitting in a good position, even with the Bucks losing. Yeah. Um, you know, they all are fit on both sides of the ball to make a run into the postseason, a deep run into the postseason. And um, it, it's just going to be good to watch them down the stretch throughout the duration of the season. Uh, who really finishes strong? Like, very interesting yeah. one. The Rams, will they finish strong? They've showed promise. They beat some of the better teams. They did lose to Arizona, but they looked at, as a team to be getting better each and every week. So I'm excited for them. Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay still playing lights out. It just didn't feel like the 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 Cardinals lost last week, even though they lost. One miscommunication away from being eight and zero, like I said on yeah. Fox this past Sunday. So I'm enjoying the league, man. I'm enjoying what's going on, especially in the NFC. Exactly. And for non-football people, everyone inside a locker room basically breaks down a season in quarters. You play, you practice in quarters. You, it's all, you know, the games in quarters, you look at the season we're used to in a 16 game season, break it down four, 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 four. Um, So you finish like basically your first half of the season. It's interesting to see where some of these teams are at, or some are on the way down, some are on the way up, some are still unknown halfway through the year. Just like what you mentioned, the Rams making moves, right? And they're our primetime pick for, for this week on Gaming Society, yeah. the Titans at the Rams. Teams that are going what seem like two different directions. Derrick Henry gone for the Titans. Talk about a fantasy killer. Mm-mm-mm. Like everyone, who Man. doesn't, who has, Derrick Henry on one of my fantasy leagues has been my horse. And now that's a wrap. And, and the Rams getting Von Miller uh, are, are on the up and up. People still don't know how they make that trade uh, with the salary cap, but they're our primetime pick of the week to hear the Titans at the Rams yeah. coming out here to Los Angeles. Um, what does this Von Miller trade do for the Rams? Enhances pass rush tremendously. Obviously. You already got the rock in the middle with Aaron Donald, and you put a guy on the edge like Von Miller, so you're getting a double team. So that means he's going to get the one-on-one. Somebody got to get a one-on-one, Dave, and that's just not good yeah. for opposition when you think about it. It's going to be extremely tough. Uh, instantly, when I think about the Rams, I think about the Bucks for some reason in that game. And I'm like, 
is the story written already. Yeah. Because you get pressure on anybody. Only guy, two guys I can see being able to break contain consistently, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. So the Rams just enhanced what they built. Keep building on that foundation. Now you got two star defensive linemen and you got a star corner. And, and that just that that breeds championship, if you ask me. Now, why can't you still? So you're saying if I rush four, can only double team one of them. But if I got a back in there, basically we're now agreeing. Unless they keep a back or a tight end, and yeah, you. I mean, you're not gonna. You can yeah. chip every play, right? But then that allows your linebackers you can, to guard yeah, better. You, but like, right? I mean, you you know when you start getting into chipping and you. You got back scanning and protection and trying to figure out who you got all these sophisticated schemes that I mean, I seen guys running free last night. Daniel Jones got hit one time off a of crazy blitz. Belichick sent crazy. I mean, they scheme it up so that it's a free runner. Yeah. And, you know, I like the scheme over there. I like what Raheem Morris is doing um, with the Rams and, and I, I like their scheme. So the best way to know if if the public agrees with us, with us is to look at the odds, right? It's a, it's a clever way to kind of like double check a sanity check. A, a lot of people in terms of, and yourself yeah. in terms of like, am I, am I overvaluing Von Miller or not? So if, if I could, if I could shortcut this for you. So their Super Bowl odds at the beginning of the year were plus a thousand, right? So bet a hundred, win a thousand. Yeah. How much do you think they improve with Von Miller on their team? Meaning you're not going to get as much money, obviously, because it's going to improve. Yeah, because because it went up. You could say, man, I, I say, hundred percent. Hundred percent would bring it down. Well, that wouldn't really work math wise. It went up. Well, it went up. Well, yes, the uh, the odds of them winning went up. The give, odd, me, give me metrics. Okay, give me metrics let's so say I a third. Did they get a third better, a half better, or seventy five percent better? Twenty five, fifty, or seventy five. 25%. You're, exactly, you're basically exactly right. 625 plus, six, plus 625. Yeah. So you basically yeah, yeah. improve their odds 25, 33% of winning, right. which is pretty interesting. And that, like, you know, the public had them reason, reasonable favorites to start off with. And then, uh, and then this happened. What's even more interesting is it only shifted about 50 points for the NFC title odds because that gets into what you were just talking about. There are a ton of teams in the NFC. And you still got to be healthy in eight weeks, and yep. you still got to beat the Packers. You still got to beat Kyler yep. Murray and the and the Cardinals. You yeah. still got to beat Tampa Bay, and the Saints know how to beat uh, Tampa Bay. There's five teams right Tampa. there. Yeah, this is exciting. And then we got Dallas, man. We ain't even gonna speak about them. We yeah, we didn't Dallas, mention Dallas with that. Oh, oh man. So yeah, yeah, it, it's gonna be a, a photo finish. The Titans go the other way. Obviously, you you lose Derrick Henry. Yeah. What do you expect? The, the Titans are going to be a little different. They bring in Adrian Peterson, one of our uh, – from yeah. our era. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to see him running around. I can't say Tom Brady isn't even before me, which is disgusting to say. Uh, <laughs> but um, Adrian Peterson comes back. What do you expect from the Titans? I mean, how, how can they be different? They, they have those two big horses on the outside – are they going to rely yeah. more on them, or what's what's this what's this offense look like? You know what's ironic is that I, throughout the course of this season, I still don't know who the Titans' backup running back is. Who is behind Derrick Henry? 
So I can't even say who that guy is. I know instantly they signed Adrian Peterson, which I think is a good signing. And going back and watching some of his highlights, he ran really hard last year. Like he ran hard and he ran well. Yep. So the thing with Adrian is that he's going to come in fresh. Not a lot of wear and tears. Actually, perfectly. I think he can give him the solid 10 to 12 games based on his stature, based on his build. I know he's been taking care of himself. So I expect him to continue to run the ball effectively and like you say get them two big horses outside involved how long does it take a vet like that to get up to speed on offense running backs probably two weeks it depends on how quick he can learn the protections it's all about the protections yeah it's about the protections like he know what holds it a got b got outside zone inside zone that's easy that he can do that with his eyes closed but can you come in when they call a two jet protection or uh, a scam protection can you know can you process it? I think he's been in a lot of different systems where he know football, especially coming out of Sean Payton's system. But you got to be able to do that on the fly, man. You can't be a running back out on the field if you can't pass protect. Because when I played, you get me hit, you coming out. You know, I, I you know Shady McCoy he took pride in that my running back took pride in protecting me and I, and I like that that was really cool that was like one of my older running back coaches used to say you play that anymore you ain't gonna be a running back you're gonna be an ass back and coach says what yeah. that what, what does that mean that says every time you try to go in coach says get your ass back <laughs> that's a good one i remember that one uh, and a fun fact jeremy mcnichols is the backup and now maybe the potential starter for the tennessee titans so that's gonna be the title of today's okay, let's uh, go, game society football show the McNichols show uh and here on the gaming society we uh every time to time we bring in a guest this will be our second guest um so this is definitely time to time let me introduce this this uh young man from the Missouri Southern Lions is that correct are you a Missouri Southern Lion oh man I mean I went to school there for a minute they definitely didn't let me play that's how bad I was (laughs) it's a D2 you've never heard of and you're like now, so Dave, you and I were the same, except for you were actually the fast short white wide receiver. I was, you know, one yeah. A Missouri high school where we ran the triple option. So imagine being oh, a yeah, receiver yeah. in a triple hey, option not, offense. You don't really do a lot. Of, you got no pass. Not a lot of you balls. No balls. Not no. a lot of balls. <laughs> no, not you at all. You got to find your way. You got to put on some weight and get in the backfield, there, Matt. <laughs> right. Well, gotta, the eat. I was the yeah. ass back. Hey, I was well, the Matt, same guy. Yeah. They. Uh, now, the, we got one thing in common. <laughs> Our background's better than Dave. <laughs> uh, if you didn't know, the Missouri uh, Southern Lions rivalry is with Pittsburgh State. That's true. The Gorillas, right. the one and only. The, gorilla, the Gorillas versus the Lions. How yeah. about that? Matt Miller for for all. Of That's you a that, mascot. Yeah. That's a mascot. The Gorillas. Yeah, the, the gorillas. only one in the country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sounds about right. <laughs> Matt, Matt Never heard Miller, in all my years of living, has, uh, has has made a living in football. Uh, for all of you that draft people in fantasy sports, he doesn't need a big introduction. But Matt is the founder of the Draft Scout. I know I've used the Draft Scout. I've used a number of these different things, uh, different things to help me out, and I found the Draft Scout is probably the best one out there. Uh, he's now an ESPN draft analyst, eleven years uh, in scouting, and what I like about Matt is. 
having kind of done some uh, research on Matt and, 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 and all kind of these guys have put together these kind of either draft scouts or fantasy aspects, guys that have real world, real experience that have been boots on the ground out there, uh, scouting for, uh, for real. Like I'm going to go to the random colleges all over the country are a lot better than the guys that are just computer nerds. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's Matt, uh, and that, that he, he brings that perspective on like, here's what it really looks like. Um, but, Matt, we don't want to start with how nice and good you are. Tell us about how bad, how how bad you are. Who did you miss on? So who should oh, we man. look out for? What is the Matt Miller profile on a on a miss? We want to know that first. Oh man, well I think in this in this business, a lot of times you get caught up in either you over inflate the athleticism of a player, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's so fast. He's, John Ross is a great example of someone who's, oh my god, breaks too. the the forty yard dash record. He's gonna be so good. You forget to look at the fact that he's small injured often and maybe has never seen a route tree in his life. Right. So I think from with my job, the misses are usually you, you bite too hard on a trait and forget to look at the rest of it. My all time biggest miss is Trent Richardson because I, I bit on that production at Alabama. He was such a tough physical runner for the Crimson Tide had that really solid rookie year for the Browns gets traded to the Colts. And I'm, rem- I remember tweeting the Colts have Andrew Luck and Trent Richardson. Like this is a playoff team. What we didn't know was like Trent didn't like getting hit and he had lost some weight and he had dealt with injuries and was dealing with some family stuff off the field and it really derailed his career. So I think I'm always open to talk about the misses. I think that's the more fun part of the job than to sit here and be like, I knew Michael Vick was going to be good. Yeah. So yeah. did everybody else. Right. We, we don't yeah. all get to pat ourselves right. on the back for that one. So it, it's more fun right. to talk about the guys that you didn't see coming. Maybe. I'm, I've never been a fan of left-handed quarterbacks. That ball just comes out different. You don't like it. You got to adjust. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the spin's coming this way. It's just yeah. all. It just really throws it's, you. Especially for when it's coming with some fire behind. <laughs> you coming with some smoke, baby. It is coming with some smoke. That's an interesting point, right? In that you overemphasize a trait or athleticism because I always found, like the first round, whenever you know, I wasn't a first round pick. I was a seventh round pick. So when I was looking at who was going to get picked in the first round, it was guys that were amazing football players and amazing athletes. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and it's so hard to know where amazing stops and starts for a lot of guys, though, is, is where, where I would yeah. say. Because sometimes you look amazing on one team, but you put you on another and you don't. And so, and sometimes athletically based on the position that this call has pushed you in, you look super athletic, but you're not as athletic. And maybe that's where Trent got you yeah. is the team he was on. So production wise, he looked great, but also athletically when he doesn't have to make a decision on how big a hole is and he can just hit it when he knows he's physically bigger than the guy he's going to go against. He doesn't have to like get low and hit him as hard. I would say that was, that was always the toughest thing for me climbing from the from college because I went to Colorado State where I was still physically not like manhandled. Well, as soon as I got the NFL, there was uh, the like that went out the window. <laughs> there was only only little cornerbacks were the people I could hit, and I, I wasn't blessed like yeah. Mike where I could still run around everyone. I had to figure out a, a different part of my game. So that was. <laughs> That's my two cents on, on Matt. But Matt, you're here to help us out. We'll break us down some games, uh, break down the draft, break down to the betting academy, which we'll give to you in a second here. But the, the, really want to start with the most intriguing matchup, which I think it would be on everyone's board. Um, the Packers coming off the Cardinals, uh, playing the Chiefs, who just snuck by the Giants. To take it back to Kansas City, where, where I'm at, you know, you got five, four now new starters on the offensive line. 
Uh, it, it looks like people are figuring out how to take away Tyreek Hill down the field. Mahomes is, is mechanically just yeah. doesn't look like himself. And I think that's what, what I, the reason I was excited to come on tonight was even just to ask you guys, like you both have connections to either you know, to coach Reed, what, what is going wrong? You know, can they fix it? You know, especially with Mike, like, can you fix this last night? They started running the ball and I was so happy. Like, yes, run the ball. Let's get back to this a little bit, but I, I would love to hear yeah. having been there what you think. When, whenever things go awry, you can always run the football and find some <laughs> offense. You just got to still block up the scheme. But, you know, I went back and watched a couple of Kansas City Chiefs games. I always try to catch all that games because I can relate to a lot of concepts. There's a lot of new stuff that they're doing. But when you can't run the ball and when you can't throw the ball, and like you said, Matt, I think Patrick is playing outside of his comfort zone right now. It's not a level of, com- of comfort for him in terms of being in the pocket, outside of the pocket. I've seen... Patrick makes some throws over the years where it was very Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm like, yo, this dude's so accurate. Like, I don't even know if he's going to miss a pass this game. Everything is on the money. You know, it's, it's on time. And now he's like a, a, a shell of himself almost. He got to come up out of that with confidence. But you can't block. You can't run. And then on defense, you as a quarterback, you're looking on the defense side of the ball. We, we can't stop the run. Can't stop the pass. You just just discouraged all the way around. So it's a confidence issue. It's not a scheme issue. It's those guys believing that what we hear called in the huddle offensively or defensively, we can execute it. That's it. Bottom line. Uh, I like it. When you get away from your scheme and try to uh, and scheme up every team, and that's not what you do, it, it does get frustrating as a, as a player because – you don't have yeah. that confidence. Oh, so like, oh, we called this play two weeks ago and scored a touchdown. Like, you, you get you get that confidence in the play calling um, yeah. and whatnot. But speaking of confidence, Matt has a lot more confidence in teaching Mike uh, <laughs> how to bet in the draft. I don't know anything about the draft because I it took me two hundred fifty one picks to get uh, to get uh, <laughs> selected. So I'll let Matt take it over from here in terms of the betting academy and and to teach us. So Matt. It's good, All man. Yours. Let's do it. Yeah, Mike, they brought me on today to, to teach you or to, to tell you that you can actually make money betting on the NFL draft, which sounds crazy, right? So if we go back to 2001, I could have put odds on who's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft 2001. Maybe I would have said Ladanian Tomlinson. I don't know. Yeah. But you ended up the number one pick. We would have made some money. So this year, uh, the odds for the number one pick, the top guy is Kayvon Thibodeau, the pass rusher from Oregon. And okay. the Detroit Lions, as of right now, the Detroit Lions look like they'll have that first pick. So – Thibodeau's number one. Matt Corral, the quarterback of Ole Miss, is number two. And then your guy, number two baby pick, Vic, Malik Willis. Uh, so number two odds would okay, be number two Matt odds. Corral, okay, Ole Miss. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. I might ask some questions, number, so just be ready. Yeah, you're, you're good. And then the, the number three odds at plus 500, Malik Willis at Liberty, who I know okay. you're connected to. A lot of people love the way he runs the ball, the strong arm. Number four is Carson Strong at Nevada. Number five is Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh. So obviously – four quarterbacks uh, in the mix, and then one really, really good pass rusher. But I'm excited to hear what you think about Malik Willis. Uh, they actually play this weekend, Ole Miss and Liberty, so we'll get to see the top two quarterbacks on the same field. Uh, but obviously the running ability, the strong arm, it's easy to look at Malik Willis and say, oh, that looks really familiar to yeah. number seven that we saw coming out yeah. of Virginia Tech. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at Malik Willis, he got all the skill sets. And while you mentioned his ability to run and pass, I think more important, his decisiveness, his ability in the pocket to make quick decisions and get the ball out of his hands. That's what he's shown to do at a highly effective rate. And I really like when he 
pull the ball down. Even going up against Matt Corral this week, he does the same thing. So it, it'll be a good, intriguing matchup. But Malik Willis has got all the intangibles to play next level. And I think from the shoulders up, that's where he's really going to be able to get it done in the National Football League because that's what I'm always watching. I know about the athleticism, and I love it. I can see it in a lot of guys, but can you play from the neck up, you know, when it's called for, when it's a necessity? And uh, I think he's learning that through the big games. This is going to be a big test for him this week, and I like the fact that they're playing against some stiffer competition. Yeah, one thing that I look at when I evaluate him is he is doing it without a lot of NFL talent around him. So you yes. like Matt Crowd Ole Miss has some NFL talent at Liberty, like he's it. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people ask me, like, oh, he threw three picks against Syracuse. He's throwing to guys who will never sniff the NFL. And I think right. that's when I watch that's important to remember. When you watch guys like that, do you see kind of like we're saying with Mahomes, where like you're almost trying to will your team to victory yeah. because you know that it's all on you. And then, first of all, you know, the, the scrutiny that comes along with playing a quarterback position to force you to press naturally. So you're going to a game knowing that, look, we're not the better of the two teams right now, but I got to do a little bit more. And, you know, that leads to being sometimes indecisive, you know, a little bit of uh, anxiety, which, you know, causes errant throws. And, you know, you're just not on top of your game. So, you know, the thing is, as scouts watch him, they'll visualize him around talent. Um, you know, just look at how they surrounded Dak Prescott with so much talent over the years. You get in a situation like that, and you might have to fall in the draft a couple slots, but the, the, the later you fall, the better the team, the better the structure. I'm not wishing that for him, but, you know, being talent around you, to your point, is, is, is imperative. you got to have it. No, you're absolutely right. I think about Josh Allen all the time. When, when I watch guys like that, I remember watching him at Wyoming. Uh, when he was playing for Wyoming, went to Iowa to scout him. And they just got absolutely destroyed. Iowa just yeah. whipped him. And he had a bad game. But it was like, man, there's there's nothing around this guy. So, no, I, right. I do think that's a, a huge point. I'm so your point. super excited for that game. Yeah, 11 o'clock Saturday morning just to watch those two quarterbacks yep. on the same field. And I think we'll get both guys will get their best game because they know, like, Every general manager that needs a quarterback is going to be at that game watching right. those two play. So in terms of odds right now, Matt Corral is ahead of Malik Willis. Did I hear that correctly? He is. He is. He's uh, plus 300 and Malik Willis is plus 500. Okay. So a lot right. of season left, right? Yeah. A lot of season left. And then the senior bowl combine, things like that. But yeah. uh, it seems like these things go week to week. If you throw an interception, it seems like you go down and then right. the other guy comes right. up. Yeah, I mean, it's going to always be that way. All eyes on the quarterback at all times. Um, but like I said, Malik Willis has been a guy who I've been able to watch closely. Uh, Liberty is in Virginia. That's where I'm from. So it's a, it's a strong connection there. I spoke to Malik a couple of times, and uh, he's definitely excited about his future. I will say that. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited for Matt Corral, too. I really like what he brings to the table in terms of offense. Another guy who can pull the ball down, zone read it. We call a draw. He can hang in the pocket and do his thing. So, you know, this is not the most quarterback-friendly draft, uh, you know, as recent right. years. But, you know, we got a couple of gems in the draft. I do think the kid from Oregon is going to go early, though, number one. He needs to go to Detroit for sure. Yeah, right. When you look at Malik, what difference – I've always wondered this. Does it bother you if people are like, oh, that guy reminds me of Mike Vick? You know, because we've no. seen it over the years, like RG3 – 
Lamar Jackson, you know, it's like Kyler Murray to some degree. Yeah. It's anytime there's this like uber athletic, strong armed quarterback. Does that bother you at all? No, it's an amazing thing. I, I, that's what I played the game for. I played the game to leave my mark on the game. I played the game to leave a legacy. Um, but I never knew that playing my brand of football would transcend and revolutionize to something totally different 20 years later than the day I got drafted in 2001. Um, and there was always questions around my game. And do I need to transcend into the prototypical pocket passer? So in 2004, right. they brought in the West Coast system. We tried it. I still ran for 900 yards that year, Dave. <laughs> I still, I mean, it's like, if I feel pressure, if, if I'm not comfortable, you know, I'm going to get low. And, and that was the long and short of it. But I still got my teammates involved. It's still a way to play the game, still be a, pro a productive passer and elusive runner all in one walk. And that's what these guys are giving us now at a higher rate with better coaching. I won't say my coaches once wasn't qualified. It's just a little more enhanced as far as systems now. Hey, hey, Matt, uh, Mike and I were both trendsetters. There are a lot of short white wide receivers <laughs> on almost Wes every NFL Welker, team. These Julian <laughs> Edelman, Danny Amendola, right? right? You know, they go Beasley. for sure. Yeah, you fit right? the mold, bro. Uh, Mike, I guess that Matt, I want to ask a question. Like Matt did, who were you compared to coming out of the draft? I don't even like. Did, no one. There's no comparison. Who is? I was, no one. No, I won't. I won't be arrogant in that sense. I, I'll say, uh, if you can compare me to anybody, I would say Donovan McNabb. If you look at what he did at Syracuse, he yeah. had an amazing career, um, and then he was drafted by Andy Reid in the first round, second pick of the '99 draft. That's what gave me hope. That's what made me believe that as a black quarterback playing my style of play, that I had a chance because I seen Donovan get drafted, you know, and, and then it's, it's, I had somebody to compare my career to. I had somebody to yeah. measure my skills up to. And I wasn't afraid of that stereotype no more because I felt like barriers was broken in a 99 draft. Uh, thanks to amazing general managers and guys like Andy Reid and coaches who collectively, I guess, felt like, you know, this is what we can win with. And and that gave me a vote of confidence, man. So they'll no, never know. Well, hopefully they, they do know what that did for me as a quarterback at the time. Because people told me to switch my position when I got to college. Who who else was uh, an NF, who else were the quarterbacks that year? Uh, was it Keely Smith? Uh, I want to yeah. say. Tim uh, Couch. Tim Couch. Dante Culpepper. Right. Um, Cade McNown. Sean, I think McNown, there were five first Sean King. Yeah. And, and, you know, Cade was. Cade was elusive. I think the only guy who didn't have mobility was Tim Couch. Everybody mm -hmm. else could, you know, could, could move, like dual threat type of quarterback. So it's just a fun draft, man, one I'll never forget, man. And uh, like I say, shout out to them general managers and organizations who made that jump. Mike, I got to tell you, um, I that was the day of my senior prom, man. I missed a big part of my senior prom to watch your draft. I swear <laughs> to God, that's a true story. No doubt. We could find the girl I went to the senior prom with because I was like – I went to pick her up and her dad had the draft on. And I was like, thank God, let's just sit down for a little bit and watch the draft. Cause yeah, That's I didn't hilarious. really care about anything, but, but I was, the draft, I was so. already off the board. I didn't sit long. Yeah. Yeah. You were gone. <laughs> you were gone. But like I, did, I didn't see all the picks. Right. Right. Yeah. That thank God. Visit thank was God. very short. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a very humbling day, man. I was just 
ecstatic that my family was there. We enjoyed every minute of it, man. It, it was a great, great moment in, in my lifetime, I, I should say. Yeah, Mike, I do want to ask, uh, you said you spoke to Malik Willis. What advice do you give a guy like that? I mean, where you're headed into the final stretch of, of such yeah. a huge, huge uh, part of his career. Yeah. Um, I, I checked in just to make sure his mentors was right as far as um, – and it was early in the season, executing and being in tune with the game plan and, and knowing that most importantly you have to step onto the field and be ready mentally, not physically. Yeah. I can look at you and see if you're ready physically. But I can't look at you and see if you're ready mentally. And, and it, the only way you can go prove that is it's just through your numbers and your efficiency. And I just wanted to make sure that he understood how important that was this season and moving forward beyond. Uh, because, you know, you play the game of football as a quarterback, you know, with your competence. And that's the only way you're going to be able to get through games. Competence um, and composure. And, and and being that that true leader that you know you can be, you can grow into your own as a leader. But I think most importantly, I just wanted to reiterate to him that playing the game from, you know, a, a mental standpoint is probably the most important thing that that he can focus on this season. No, I love it, and, and it's huge because you're right. I I can watch tape all season, but from January until end of April, it's about evaluating like the head up for the yep. quarterback. Because Absolutely. You watch, you watch film, but it's, yeah. it's everything else that goes into it. You have to take pride in it. You have to take pride in it. We'll see a lot of those two on Saturday. I can say, you know what? This is, uh, it goes to show you that gambling is not just uh, to win a couple dollars here and there. It's for entertainment value. Because I had no idea that Matt Corral was that uh, high on people's boards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I heard of Malik Willis, That's but shocking. like. That 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 is just education right there. So Matt coming in the betting academy, telling us, uh, informing us what we can bet on, getting some good tidbits out of Mike, maybe helped you in your draft, uh, your analysis. I also like Kenny Pickett too. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're allowed to. You anyone interrupt me? I'm I'm, I'm a blabbermouth. Um, but yeah, I mean that's great stuff, Matt. Thanks. You got to come on again when the year uh, year's over. Uh, break down the draft Absolutely. for us, see if these picks move at all, and, and get some more. Uh, you know, if you want to, if they allow you to bet on the seventh round, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they do. We can find a way. There's got to be someone out there. Let that me tell you what you're it. looking for in the seventh <laughs> round. You're looking for a lot of try hard guys. You're right. looking for a lot of guys that have to you change got a positions. Coach's son. Yeah, determination. That's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember being told all those things. Yeah. Oh God! Well, <laughs> thanks, Matt, for coming on, and, uh, and that's the betting academy for this week. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely, we're gonna jump into fantasy football. I'm gonna be honest; I've lost two in a row. I lost to Paul yeah, Pierce, and I lost last week to Kevin Garnett. I was on a I was on my high horse here two weeks ago, and I have been chopped down. I am now in third place behind Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, which is sad considering yeah. Paul couldn't even get online to to, uh, to draft. But Michael Vick got a W. Yeah, yeah, man. I whooped that producer Mike Davis, man. Shout out to Mike D. Going Mike, down, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to include some graphics on this uh, part, but you lost to me and Mike. You're zero for two. You're supposed to be a producer. You're supposed to really understand the game and what's going on. I think this is a big failure on your part. So I don't know if you want to put like a sad face up there, the Mike. But you really, 
I know you said you were babysitting all weekend, but it's not babysitting if it's your own kid. So, you know, get your, you need to get with Mike Vick, get your mentals right, and get your fantasy things squared away. Because you got to make the playoffs. Yeah, man. Because that's what we're all pushing here is for the playoffs. But uh, in week nine here, as a back half of the season, Mike Vick plays NBA great Chelsea Gray, WNBA great. And uh, I got uh, Jamie. I got the Uh-oh. the the head honcho over the gaming society. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give her the business. All right. Um, but that's fantasy week week nine for all of you uh, that want to follow us along. There we got some good fantasy tidbits uh, on our week on our our opening show. But we're gonna close the show just how we open it with all in. And I like like I always mention like listen the way Mike breaks down a game, talking about what his favorite thing is uh, that that he noticed throughout the week. Um, I'm two and two. Mike's three and one. So Mike's a person to listen to on all in. We're gonna start with you, Mike. What's your all in uh, uh, this week? This weekend, I'm going all in. Patriots over the Carolina Panthers, man. And I say this for one reason and one reason alone: the New England Patriots defense. I can't say is overrated, but they are really good defense. The addition of Matt Judon. Changes the game. A lot of guys came back from COVID last year, and I felt like they were solid last year, but they've proven week in and week out that they can play with the best of the teams. And I looked at their schedule, and a lot of their losses, you know, six or seven points or less. So they're not getting blew out when they lose. If not, the game is competitive. They win, and I think their defense is keeping them in the game. It's my fantasy defense, by the way, but I'm not picking them for that reason alone. Matt Jones playing good, some good football. And uh, Damian Harris running the football effectively. I like the, the New England the, Patriots to beat the Carolina Panthers. There's always a saying that Bill Belichick takes away your strengths. Yes. Forces you to fight with one hand. Yep. What does that mean? Well, like, what does that well, really well, mean behind center? He, like, it's not like the guy's not on the field. Right, so, what is that? Like, I don't ever understood that. All right. So, in our offense, we like to run, just keep it simple, like high-low routes. Two by two, high-low. Outside receivers run hitches. Inside receivers run corner routes. That's what we do. We're lining up to it. We're motion to it. We'll shift to it. But somehow we get into that concept. He's taking that away, but you got to just say you got an out route on the backside. He's going to make you throw that out route. You're not throwing this over here. You're going to throw that. Or your tendency is to run outside zone. You're not running outside zone today. We're putting our edge line back on out. You're going to run inside. You're going to run it out three technique and I one technique. And he forced you to do things that you're not capable of doing until you, you actually get into the game and realize, oh, this is something that we have to do. Now, you can't even adjust. Yeah. It's, it's no way to make adjustments. It's too late. So that's how they won so many Super Bowls over the years, Dave, because they find a way to take away your strengths. It's almost like they take away your favorite spots. Yes. Right? Yes. I think that's a good way to, at least maybe that's just how I see it in my head, but I never knew that. And they are so physical. They are so physical. We scrimmaged the New England Patriots in 2013, Chip Kelly, Philadelphia. And when I say it was one of the strongest, most brutal, like defensive fronts that we faced, I'm talking about cornerbacks and safeties pressing in one-on-ones and our guys couldn't even get off the line of scrimmage. I just, just brute force is what they bring, man. Just watch them every week. They hit hard, they tackle, just fundamentally sound. 
in all phases of the game on defense. I remember, I remember Kyle Shanahan breaking down uh, them on tape, and when we were playing them in uh, September. He's like, "Good news for us is these guys are built for December, January, and February for uh, football. Yeah. It's September. Yeah, like they're big, strong dudes that are built for cold weather, yeah. beat you up. Yep, it's the snow. We don't need to run fast. We're just gonna yep. hit you in the mouth. So yep. I like that pick. I'm going. I'm going with someone you we talked about earlier in the show. I'm going with the Cowboys. I wanted nice. to hear about what you had to say about them as a, a athleticism. I was interested. Matt broke down the game talking about athletes. I'm a sucker for a good looking athlete and a good looking team, and, and Dallas is is that right now. I think uh, receiver wise, I think all these guys. Uh, I'm a little worried about Amari Cooper's hamstring. I'm yeah. never a big fan of a receiver with an issue with hamstring, but though all those other guys have stepped up. Um, which has been pretty impressive. Um, they don't have a lot of middle field presence, yeah. which I worry about. Ezekiel Elliott handles a lot of that stuff. Yeah, That's the one thing I think can get him. Now listen, you talk about how Belichick is taking guys away. Uh, but when they bring Dak back, uh, I'm willing – Dak back, say that five times. I'm willing <laughs> to bet that they'll be able to do some cool stuff. They're playing the Broncos. Now here's also something that I get into is often a team feeling defeated and frustrated. Broncos just gave away their best player. Yeah, basically, it's it's the organization saying we're committed to losing this year. It's over. On to next rebuild. year. Rebuild. Rebuild. That trickles. That trickles down into the week of practice. Yeah. No matter what your coach says before the Tuesday meeting, uh, you know, or the Wednesday morning meeting. Oh, you know, we're still all in. We still believe in everyone here. That's bullshit. bullshit. That that team is committed to saying this is not our year. We're rebuilding. We're gonna hope that we can do it through the draft. So I got the Cowboys minus nine and a half. That is my my all in. I need a rebound. Um, you need a win, and, and, and I, I I need a win. I need a rebound win bad, but I, I like my chances with the Cowboys there at minus nine and a half. A big spread. I don't normally go after those games, but that's a big one. Um, you know what? We were gonna close the show after all in, but after seeing Mike Vick at um, uh, knowing you're a boxing aficionado, I guess I gotta ask you this weekend: Canelo versus Plant. Canelo minus a thousand. Minus a thousand. Tell, tell the Hold people. Up. Explain to me what that means. He is heavily favored. Oh, I, I heavily got you. favored. I mean, that makes sense. Heavily favored. I is mean, this even a? It, it, the total rounds are nine and a half. That means over under. So, like when we had a point yeah. total, is this thing going to go more than nine rounds? I, like, I think it go to distance. Who? I think it go to, really. I think it go to distance. If not, I think Canelo knock Caleb playing out. Um. Well, that's why it's hard to bet on. And, and, and that, I, I can see that. But Canelo, I always go back to this in his career. He beat Triple G twice. When no man could stand toe-to-toe with Triple G for six rounds, Canelo went in there, outboxed him, and took his punches. And I've seen Canelo improve over the last 10 years. I've watched almost every championship bout that he's had. And he's just a skilled boxer, great counterpuncher, Um He's, he's good with his feet. Uh, he can bang. And a couple fights ago, he beat a guy's arm until he couldn't hold it no more. He, I guess the guy had an amazing left hook. So his game plan was to beat his left arm up. <laughs> and when I heard that, I was like, oh, this guy's a machine. That's who, some gangster yeah, shit this right gangster, there. I'm just going to beat your like arm that? up. Like, for real? <laughs> That's what it takes? All right. Shout out to Canelo Alvarez, man. He's a true champion. I like Caleb Plant, too. I like the resume he's built, um, but I'm going off experience, man. And, and if Caleb Plant can prove to us that he can beat Canelo, he's a true champion, and he'll be a true champion for a long time. 
Uh, and is so he, he younger? I don't know anything about younger, this. But is this is some, it's some talent in the 168 division. Where's he from? Uh, I don't know exactly. Oh, I think he's from Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. Black dude, white no, dude? No, white dude, but he's skilled. He's very skilled. He's a great boxer. He wouldn't be in the ring with Canelo if he wasn't qualified. So he's more than qualified. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he has the experience. Canelo, Canelo been in there with Triple G, um, Floyd Mayweather. You know, you name him, he fought him, man. And, uh, you know, that could be the difference in the fight, but it's going to be a good one. It's, it's worth spending $80 for uh, $99. Hey, that's a that's a that's a big endorsement I for Mike you, right yeah. there. You spend you yeah, spend I mean, your eighty yeah, bucks. Man, I mean, I, for boxing, man, I will, I will. Yeah, I I respect that. We'll end that show. You know what? Uh, Mike Davis thinks that uh, you saying Canelo's to toy to toy with Triple G is the most controversial thing you've said on the uh, in the gaming <laughs> society history. So uh, apparently, you're gonna ruffle some feathers with that. <laughs> he beat him. He beat him yep. twice. The the Gaming Society football show, week nine, is in the books. I think this has been our best show. It's certainly been one of our longest shows, but Matt, I think, broke it down for us. I'm really excited to learn more about that. I, I didn't know they were doing those type of future yeah. bets, so you all you can learn a lot about yeah. that. I think it's really interesting to see, hear your perspective about being drafted because mine was completely different. Um, uh, we'll dig that in more as the weeks go on. I need an all-in rally, uh, so I'm going to cross my fingers for these Cowboys. Mike Vick, it's always a pleasure. Thanks. Gaming Society Football Show, we're out. <laughs>